microsaurus that's developing right now. The violence we've been experiencing in the city of Detroit. I believe we have the makings of what appeared to be a serial killer. Giving police clues, leaving a victim's sock on. Woke up on her back and in a dark abandoned house pinned down by a man with his hands pressed into her neck. She couldn't breathe as he ripped off her shirt. This is A Stocking for a Sociopath and I'm your host, Dil Morrill, and let's get down to the kill. You know, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. Got a lot, of look, lot to look forward to here. So we got new sandals, new scandals, new shoes, new clues. And I'm sure I'm like everyone else. I just want to know what scandals we're going to have this year. You know, last year we had the slap scene around the world. We had Jack Sparrow on trial. We had Kanye joined the Third Reich. So, I'm sure we got a lot in store. And that's the thing, you know. It seemed f- heavily focused on celebrities last year. We kind of got the, got to take a little breather, you know. COVID died down a little bit. Not as many shootings. Sure, some people got bombed halfway to hell. But, you know, that's just, uh, that's just business. But what I really want to know is what celebrities are going to die this year. You know, are we going to have Billy Ray Silas, you know, Gary Busey, Whoopi Goldberg, got Will Dirk, you know, Tom Selleck, Tom Selleck, you know. Who's going to be the one? Who's going to be, you know, who's going to be the first to die? I mean, we've already had some people, but they don't really count in my book, so. Well, let's get into the case here. But before we get started, a little food for thought. So they say if a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it, it doesn't make a sound. Well, if a middle-aged woman of color is slain in an abandoned house in the in the hood, does anyone hear her screams? I don't know. You tell me. So let's get started with the first article here. So let's see. I got pulling this up. This is from the Washington Post. So take it as you will. You know, for me, I'm. You know, this is a. Take all the info I can get, kind of compile it, see how it measures up to other stuff. So let's take a look here. So we got, I'm about to die. A woman escaped a serial killer by stabbing him and jumping out a window, police say. This is by Tim Elfrink, September 6, 2019. So this was published a little after, kind of after they got him, stuff after he was in custody, after the story broke, well, a couple months after. This main story about this broke in June, you know, like around like 6th to 7th. Eighth around there. This was published six oh eight AM, so let's get into it. She woke up on her back in a dark abandoned house pinned down by a man with his hands pressed into her neck. She couldn't breathe as he ripped off her shirt. I'm about to die, the fifty year old woman recalled thinking in the recent court testimony. So that looks like this is why you know, this the information is coming out here instead of as opposed to when, you know, they wanted to wait to the court case. Um, so they had everything together. So it says, minutes earlier, she'd been walking down a Detroit street in the early hours of June 3rd. A man had jumped be from jumped her from behind, putting her in a chokehold until she blacked out. Now she thought he could only have one plan in mind, kill and rape me, she said in court. But then she remembered the blade, a red box cutter that she carried in her pocket for protection. She pulled it out, flicked it open, and started stabbing. I just stuck him, the woman said, or the testified the woman. And then I went back again, and I stuck him again. And then his blood spurted on her clothes as she leaped up and then jumped out the jumped out a window. 
fleeing down the empty street if, for help at a gas station at your local Sunoco. The woman, the police now say, was one of the lucky ones. The man later charged in her assault as a serial killer who terrorized Detroit for months. Some call him the stocking stuffer or the stranger, or many call him the Trojan. And the blood the man left on her pants is now a key piece of evidence being used against him. It was on Thursday the police submitted four homicide warrants against the suspect. Authorities say D'Angelo Martin, a 34-year-old homeless man, targeted sex workers mostly in their 50s and killed them inside abandoned houses. As prosecutors decide whether to charge Martin in those deaths, police say they're investigating him in connection to potential other killings. Things that it highlights right here, it says, The case has shined light on both Detroit's vulnerable population of sex workers and the endemic problem of abandoned houses in the Michigan metropolis, leading the mayor to promise to board up thousands of blighted properties that police has combed through to look for more victims. So we talked about that last um, last episode. Got a little bit into the blight, and we're going to get deeper into that. Oh, hey, what's up? I didn't know there was sending anybody. Yeah, what's up, man? What can I do for you? I'm just doing a little, little episode of the cast. What's up? We told you. Don't talk about the blight. What? What is there not to understand? What, are you fucking stupid? We said don't talk about it, and you keep talking about it. What do you mean, man? I'm just trying to put on a good show. I got, I got a lot of good stuff here. You know, maybe you should sit down and, you know, listen. We've had enough of your shit, you goddamn smartass. Hey, what is that? Hey, get away from me. Welcome back to the show. We got a new change of host, and I am Dylan Merrill. Dill Morrell is uh, out for a little bit, so let's get started into the great show we have today. I'll be taking over for a little bit. I'm Dill's clone, and when you don't like how things go, just send in the clones. All right, so Mr. Martin, the Trojan, the stranger, the stocking stuffer, he's got one more victim that he's, you know, he's grafting kind of in this news narratives on the narrative because like you forget here don't forget that right now these articles i'm reading we haven't even have um anetta nelson discussion so right now they're still going to that nancy is the first victim so it's you know not not all the pieces are there this part of the investigation when the articles are out so let's get into this first before i get into the last victim i want to get into two of the surviving victims so i'm still reading from the article i read from earlier i'm about to die so on June 7th, police arrested Martin at a bus stop. They haven't said what evidence first led him to the itinerant men, but authorities soon revealed that at least two victims had escaped brutal attacks allegedly at the hands of Martin. First, a 26-year-old woman said Martin invited, to, invited her to his mother's house to take a shower and sleep, and then sexually assaulted her and stabbed her in the neck. Now, it's interesting they say about like the mother's house. It's actually the grandmother's house, but we got a story about the mother. I'll read you guys a little bit. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of an in and on its own thing, but uh, entertaining to say the least. 
And it says she said she escaped when she dropped the knife or when he dropped the knife and she managed to stab him. The other woman, and this here I believe ties into the um kind of what I was reading from in the main quotation earlier. So the fifty one year old woman who escaped her by using a box cutter testified that she waited three days notified the police, fearing that she can get in trouble for stabbing the man. At first she pointed police towards another man who had asked asked her for sex shortly before the attack. But at a state crime line crime lab tested the blood on the sweatpants that she was wearing during the attack. The prosecutor said in court and came back with a hit on Martin's DNA. The abandoned house where she escaped with the same property um, where police found Joan's bodies Joan's body two days later. So the exact same property that, you know, Joan's body was found was where this woman was, you know, originally attacked. And we didn't even cover Jones yet. Tamara Jones is the technically the last victim here, the last documented victim. Um, so we're going to get into here. Right now i got a video from another article I want to play. This is going to be kind of the account of the victim that we said that, uh, that we were just talking about. So, woman who survived a alleged attack by suspected serial killer D'Angelo Martin, the Trojan, says, I'm ready for court. And this was posted at 5.25 p.m. July 24th, 2019. So it's a little bit after kind of the whole case came out the way, but it was before the court case. So let me play a little for you. We're going to turn now to the big story, connecting the crimes. New charges tonight in the serial killer investigation. He's probably the most uh, dangerous person of the community at this time. I mean, he choked me, he choked me, he choked me. D'Angelo Martin is suspected in the murders of at least five women, two in 2018 and three this year. Today, he was charged on multiple crimes, including kidnapping, and sources say murder charges aren't far behind. 7 Action News reporter Kimberly Craig talked to one of his victims who managed to escape. Kim. Detroit police say D'Angelo Martin attacked two women in his house here on Mack Avenue near Mount Elliott. In one case, the victim, Tammy Jones, was killed. In the other case, the victim, who happened to be a friend of hers, survived. Today, I asked her if she was ready to testify in her case. I'm ready. And I want to look at him. I want to listen to me, too. I want him to actually look at me, because he really messed my life up. And today in Detroit... Alright, I just stopped for a brief second. So it says it looks like the victim's name is Faye. Now typically they don't release the victim's names and stuff like this, but it looks like she went forward. They don't release the face or anything, just a name. One thing I noticed, the voice is awfully familiar to that Elizabeth Strickland who found the uh, Netta Nelson body. Or found the, um, the, the man who, who found the body. So that's just kind of interesting food for thought. If you want to go back and listen to that, kind of view the similarities. District Court D'Angelo Martin was charged in a June 3rd attack on her, and the assistant prosecutor did not mince words when describing Martin's threat to others. He's probably the most uh, dangerous person of the community at this time. And sources say it's just a matter of time before murder charges are brought against D'Angelo Martin, who was suspected of killing five women, Annetta Nelson and Deborah Reynolds in 2018, and this year, Nancy Harrison, Travisine Ellis, and Tammy Jones. And one thing I like, I like at this point in time, they're actually acknowledging that Deborah Reynolds is a Deborah Reynolds is a potential victim, and they're acknowledging Annette Nelson. That's one thing I like about that because they really kind of really didn't throw that into after you know they got him after you know it was getting into like a court case, kind of when they won the bigger case, make it seem bigger than it was. But anyway.
Martin was ordered to stand trial in the attempted murder and rape of a woman who testified about the horrific attack that took place at the home of his grandparents. I asked my brother is waking up to a sharp knife going to just just shocking pressure going in my neck. Today, Martin was arraigned on multiple charges, including kidnapping and assault with intent to do great bodily harm by strangulation in the case where his alleged victim cut him before managing to escape. He hurt so many people, killed so many people, and I was one of them. We do know that prosecutors are reviewing warrant requests in at least two homicide cases against Martin. We'll certainly keep you updated on any developments. On Detroit's East Side, Kimberly Craig, 7 Action News. All right, thank you, Kim. And for a closer look at this case or the multiple murders Detroit police say Martin committed, we have that on our website, WXYZ.com. All right, so I have another brief video I want to let you guys listen to. It's about 30 seconds. This is just another account of the victim, you know. And all of a sudden, I heard something. And it was too late. He had already grabbed me. Whatever he hit me with, I passed out because when I woke up, I was in the house. I mean, he choked me, he choked me, he choked me, and I passed out, I passed out. And then when I came back to, to myself, I said, oh no, you're not about to die now. No, I'm not about to die. You hear that? She ain't about to die. So it looks like by the look of things, it looks like that he like approached her on the street and kidnapped her in some like saw-like scenario. You know, where she just knocked her out and she just woke up. Um, and there is reported that there's like been like a death house on the east side that they said the police said Martin uses like a torture, torture chamber. So he would lure the victims. He'd either knock them down the street, drag them there like he did to, to, to Faye. And then he would um, do his act, do his routine. But it hasn't been torn down despite the fact that the city owns it. So this murder chamber torture house still still up and running you know and it's a great historic landmark you know what's better than after you know after the Red Wings game or after a Pistons game just take your family drive them to the east side oh everybody look it's the murder house you know just see a couple drive by see a couple dead bodies you know see some homeless men you know banging each other smoking some crack uh, you know what better you know after you know a nice day in the city Alright, so let's get into our next victim. The next victim we have is Tamara Jones, and she was found, it was going to be June 5th. So that was actually two days after the um, the attack on the 51-year-old that we were just going over, the, the surviving victim. So right here we got an article, Murdered Woman Gets Daughter No Suspect in Detroit Serial Killer Case. So it's interesting, her daughter actually knew him with the school with uh, Mr. Martin, you know, Mr. Mr. Trojan. So right here, so this was reported by a Jermont Terry's reporter, Amber Ainsworth, looks like published, or was a writer, published this June 10th, 2019, 11.26 p.m. So it looks like this was published right around the time that, you know, that they ended up getting him and, you know, found him at the bus station and then breast him and kind of built the case. So let's play a video real quick for you. Being called a suspect in the Detroit serial killer case is charged with attacking a woman. Today, 34-year-old D'Angelo Kenneth Martin was arraigned for a sexual assault that happened back on May 7th. In that attack, the woman survived. Police believe he also attacked a woman on June 3rd. She, too, survived the assault. Martin is also a suspect in the deaths of three women believed to have been killed by a serial killer. 
We now know the third victim is Tamara Jones. Her body was found last week in a vacant home near Mac and Mount Elliott. Jermont Terry is on the east side this evening. And Jermont, I understand you learned there is a connection between the suspect and the victim's daughter. Yes, Karen, it appears that this person of interest and the victim's daughter are old school classmates. Now, the discovery of Tamara Jones's body here along the east side places her, as you mentioned, as the third victim in this killing spree. But to her family, she was just simply Tammy, who used to panhandle along these streets. If you live on the east side of Gratiot near Mac, there's a good chance you've spotted Tamara Jones outside a gas station. She was not a sex worker. She was a panhandler. A woman, family says, often wandered alone, and that likely led to her death. I think we were just randomly picking, you know, people that's walking the streets. Family last talked to Tamara, affectionately known as Tammy, Memorial Day weekend. When they didn't see or hear from her for a week, they started to worry. So when word came, police found the body inside an abandoned house on Mac near Mount Elliott. Yes, the thought came to mind. Tammy's family learned police were looking for a serial killer. They prayed Tammy was still out there. And you see it on the news, but you could never imagine it being your own family. Two days after they found the body, the family received the devastating news. It was Tammy decomposing in that vacant house. I know it's a lot more out there that they haven't found, and uh, I am grateful that they did find her. When police identified D'Angelo Martin as the person of interest in all three murders, Tammy's daughter was beyond shocked. When she seen the guy on the news, she's like, I went to school with him, you know? And it just really, you know, tore her up. But she said that he had problems back then in high school. The focus right now is remembering the woman ripped away so viciously. We're standing strong for each other. Now, Tammy Jones is survived by her two children and a host of family members, family who tell me they hope to step inside the courtroom and see the rightful person held responsible for taking her life and the other women as well. Reporting live on the city's east side, Jermont Terry, Local 4. There's a very chilling connection in that case. Maury, thank you, Jermont. All right, now let's go see what our good friend, Commissioner James Gordon, has to say about this. I mean, James Craig, you know, a good old white knight of Detroit. So let's pull up what he's got to say about all this. Got a video from him uh, right around the time when they had the surviving victims. So let's pull this up real quick. Mr. Craig or Mr. Gordon. In this video I'm going to play for you here. It's um, two surviving victims fought off suspected Detroit serial killer police in. So this was uploaded June 10th, 2019. be 5.47 p.m. So it looks like, and this is from CBS News. Um, I don't see an author on the article, but let me play the video for you. This, of course, is not one of the three that we talked about. He has been charged. Uh, in the non-fatal stabbing and sexual assault of a woman. This, of course, is not one of the three that we talked about. This is a surviving victim. Uh, this crime occurred on May 7th um, in the 19,000 block of Barlow. And in this instance, uh, the one deviation from the pattern is that uh, this victim was younger uh, than the other victims. Uh, she's described only as a black female, 26 years old. There's yet another surviving victim that we're also interviewing. Uh, that crime took place on June 3rd. Ironically, uh, that crime took place at the same location as what I reported 
uh, last week, the third location uh, on Mack Avenue. And so we're still moving forward with that investigation. So we believe, based on the work that's being done, uh, that this suspect is tied into all of the crimes. And real quick, I want to go into a little more into the um, kind of scenario for Tamara Jones here. So, Tamara Jones, murder on Mack Avenue, Tamara Jones, 55, Detroit. So, this is going to be from the press release that was released by the, the Wayne County. So, it says on June 5th, 2019, at 5.10 a.m., in a vacant house in the 3690 block of Mack Avenue, two Detroit police officers were flagged down by a 59-year-old Detroit man who discovered a decomposed body of Mrs. Jones inside the house. The officer observed her to be face down with a used condom found near her body. So it looks like the Trojan signature. The victim's lifeless body was taken to the Wayne County Morgue. The cause of death and manner were undetermined due to advanced composition, decomposition. So it looks like she's been sitting there for a minute. So it could have been weeks, could have been months. Uh, the investigation by the Detroit Police led to the identification and arrest of the defendant. So it's going to be Mr. Martin. Defendant Martin has been charged with first-degree premeditated murder and felony murder based upon the underlying felony of criminal sexual conduct in the third degree. So, prosecutor Kim Worthy said, We are confident that this defendant's alleged criminal and predatory actions link him to all four of these homicides. That's talking about Nevin Nelson, Travis Dean Ellis, Nancy Harrison, and, and Tamara Jones, as well as two sexual assault cases, which we just, just discussed here um, just a moment ago. And there's actually two other potential victims. I know it's Yvonne Coburn was a uh, potential other victim. And then uh, someone, I think Stephanie, someone I have to kind of get back to you on that one. But right now I want to play videos. This video shows potential six victim in Detroit's serial killer investigation. So let me play this video for you real quick. And then we'll get into some other stuff real quick. I want to touch on a little bit, you know, some nice little tidbits while you're eating your tidbits. All right. Speaking of which, I need to get some coffee here. And by the way, when I talk about six victim, it's referring to these surviving victims here, you know, because technically, you know, even though that they have on file on paper that he murdered for, you know, that there's the, the fifth and sixth that are also victims, even though they're, that would be with Deborah Reynolds and then the other two I just mentioned, that would bring it all the way up to nine. So, yeah, let's, let's get it going here. Uh, serial killer case. We have made some new information that has been breaking. Three, a man has been following this story very closely in the very latest with this individual that is on the screen right now. For the very latest, let's send it out to Priya Man. Priya. You can't see it, you know, right there. Like, actually, if you want to look it up on YouTube, it says video shows potential six victim of Detroit serial killer investigation. So you can see right there in the clip that it showed. Motherfucker had a wound, fucking got stabbed right in the eye. So there's pictures of him fucking wearing an eye patch and shit. But yeah, he got literally got stabbed in the fucking eyeball. So let me pull this uh keep playing this for him. A case where that one person, D'Angelo Martin, has been charged. Police say this is the only case that deviates from his alleged pattern. Now, most of the victims in these cases are sex workers. Historically, they don't cooperate with police, but Chief Craig says that is changing. More women are coming forward, and as they started to hone in on Martin, police say accuse him of attacking a woman just last week. These two victims fought 
They survived. And in one of those cases, D'Angelo Martin has been charged, accused of sexually assaulting and stabbing a 26-year-old woman on Detroit's east side. The one deviation from the pattern is that uh, this victim was younger uh, than the other victims. The second survivor, a woman in her 50s, was attacked last Monday. Police say she was dragged into the same vacant home on Mac where investigators found a third body. We believe, based on the work that's being done, uh, that this suspect is tied into all of the crimes. That brings the total at this point to five, two women who survived and three who were killed. The bodies found in vacant homes on Detroit's east side, most were sex workers, an often marginalized and vulnerable population, adding another challenge for investigators. Generally, they're not going to come forward. Uh, many times, if they are attacked, they're not going to contact the police. Police have now identified the three women who were killed as Nancy Harrison, Travisine Ellis, and Tamara Jones. Police say this 34-year-old homeless man is their prime suspect. He doesn't have a series of violent crimes in his history. But again, uh, we focused on the right community, and that was the reason why I believe we were able to get information so quickly. Because if we hadn't gotten him as quickly, uh, I think he would have struck again. Now, when it comes to more victims, you're looking at a potential six. Deborah Reynolds was reported missing last summer. She had a run-in with Ferndale Police a month after being reported missing. She was with D'Angelo Martin. Police say the pair were drinking beers outside of a party store. Ferndale Police dropped them off at a Detroit gas station, and that was the last time Reynolds was seen alive. Now Detroit Police are looking into her disappearance to see if it's connected at all to the investigation into Martin. Coming up at 6 o'clock, you're going to hear from the Reynolds family as well as Ferndale police reporting live I'm Priya Mann local four Priya, a lot of pieces to this puzzle now Martin has only been charged in that one case that you mentioned unrelated to the serial killer investigation are we expecting to see more charges you know Karen we asked the chief that as well he says to expect major developments within the next 48 to 72 hours you know one of the challenges for police right now the bodies are in various states of decomposition so it's very difficult even to pinpoint a cause of death but police say they're expediting the process and we could expect to see a lot more within the next few days send it back to you all right thank you Priya new at five we are getting our first look at a third murder victim in the serial killer investigation Take a look at your screen. The family tells us this is Tamara Jones. Her body was found on Wednesday morning in a vacant home near Mac and Mount Elliott. Local 4 is speaking with her family right now, and we'll bring you that part of the story on Local 4 News at 6. Wednesday referred to, uh, you know, June 5th, it's going to be 2019. But let me get into some other stuff for you, so let me break some stuff down. All right, so from the article I was reading earlier, I'm about to die from the Washington Post. So this article, so I want to finish reading a little bit about it, because man, it just everything. That's what I was saying like earlier last episode. Everything you fucking see is just want to talk about the blight. The blight's like the main focus. The blight, the blight, the blight. You know, you know I'm not supposed to talk about it. You know I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna keep talking about. It. So it says police began a massive operation, eventually combing through more than through through 300 abandoned homes and searched for other victims and evidence. Detroit Mayor Mike Dugan pledged to quickly board up the remaining vacant homes in the city where about 19,000 similar properties have already been demolished in the last five years. So this has been already been a part of a, a long kind of citywide plan to renovate the city, especially kind of like make downtown a more kind of uppity kind of area. So 
We have to remove the blight from this community, Dugan said. It's been a plague on this city for far too long. All right, all right. So we got a new um, article I want to read from it from Detroit Free Press. So this was published going to be June 13, 2019. So this is right around the time when the whole story is making headlines and everything is kind of taking action here. So this is when the whole plan is taking effect. So Detroit hurries to board vacant houses after serious serial slayings. So we got, and this was published by Corey Williams of Associated Press. Associated Press. I don't know if he's depressed. <laughs> so we got Stanley Allen mowing the lawn at a vacant house next to his Detroit home as teams of police and city workers scouted nearby empty houses part of an investigation into a suspected serial killer who used similar structures to stash houses for bodies of at least three women. Later, Allen sat on the front porch of his west side home where he's lived for 12 years surrounded by blight and looked down the city street as city workers boarded up another vacant house after vacant house. Police and city workers have been searching for bodies, decomposed remnants of potential additional victims, and in their wake, they left behind boarded-up houses to keep trespassers out. D'Angelo Martin, 34 years old, was arrested last week and charged in a separate case in which a 26-year-old woman was stabbed and sexually assaulted but escaped. So that was the main case that they got to pretty much bust them. So from there, where she stabbed him in the eye, she got blood, you know, blood on her, on her jeans or on her pants. They were able to use that as the main kind of source of DNA to link him to all the other crimes, supposedly. So, Martin has not been tr charged in the slings, but police believe he is responsible for all the crimes and possibly others. And we know right now that motherfucker God, committed all the crimes and he raped and murdered all those women. So, we know that right now. It's a fact. Um, yeah, but at that time, he was considered a person of interest. So, he wasn't even really a suspect. He was a person of interest, and that's when they got him for the uh, the crime of stabbing the, um, you know, attempting to rape and you know stabbing the twenty six year old. He was able to break free and get away. But again, the main focus is the blight here. All the abandoned houses, all the structures that need to be demolished. It's been under kind of a citywide plan. It's been demolished, you know, for the you know, five years, you know, years years prior. They've been trying to demolish all these houses. Um. So that's been kind of like the main focus here. And so they had kind of when everything is getting to light and they had the focus, oh, yeah, we need to um, we need to search and raid all these houses. It's funny. Um, from one of the, the videos I played for you before, you even had the mayor, Mayor Dugan, saying, oh, well, we have no reason to suspect that there's ha um, bodies in these houses, but let's search them anyway. So just a lot of inconsistencies. It's almost, you know, don't want to draw into to uncharted territory here, but so let's let's get back to the article. So eventually, these houses will be demolished, like thousands before them. In the meantime, they pose a threat when open to trespass. So more than 120 houses were searched and boarded up through Tuesday. Um, they were boarded up through Tuesday in the sparsely populated neighborhoods straddling the east and west side boundary of the 139 square mile city. So we're talking about Detroit. Other parts of the east side were also checked. Police first looked for corpse, corpses in each house, and, um, and, and dogs were called sometime Friday and Saturday. So officers stumbled upon some dead pit bulls in one house, um, but yeah, but no other bodies were found. It says, plans to board up about 2,000 vacant houses by uh, across the tribe by summer's end. Officials hoped to do about 200 houses a week, Perkins said. 
Detroit's effort to eradicate the blight is not new. It's been a decades-long battle and went into overdrive following the city's 2014 exit from the largest uh, bankruptcy in U.S. history. So that was one thing that kind of halted it right there, that bankruptcy years ago kind of halted the whole progress on that. And conveniently, this whole slew of serial killings actually like jump-started the whole process of being able to go in and demolish the homes, bore them up, because um, it's been a citywide thing that they've been trying to do for, for decades. And they finally were able to use this narrative to kind of go in and kind of jumpstart that process. So also says, the 2008 financial crisis and national housing bus slammed Detroit and magnified the ongoing battle against the blight. In some neighborhoods today, abandoned houses and, um, and lots outnumbered families. So six years ago, in this you know, six years from 2019, Detroit was reported to have at least 30,000 empty houses and 20 square miles of vacant land. More than 18,000 vacant structures have been demolished since 2014. About 19,000 have boarded up in the last 20 months, according to Mayor Mike Dugan's office. The article goes on to say, by September 2019, we'll be able to be to the point where every vacant house in the city that isn't too damaged to board or isn't about to be demolished will be boarded up and secured, spokesman John Roach said. About 1,000 vacant homes near and on the city's east side where the bodies of Nancy Harrison, Travisine Ellis, and Tabera Jones were found being boarded first. They'll be followed by another 1,000 on the west side. So I had an article or I had a video I played for you where the mayor said in his own words that these three bodies were found in an area where homes couldn't be demolished just because of like a certain federal legislation. There's there's certain there's certain certain jurisdictions you know that were allowed would allow them to um, demolish these homes. And a lot of that had to do about like just public safety about the lead. That's um, lead poisoning. So that's going to be one thing we're going to get into um, next week. I'm just going to kind of drop a couple bombs for you real quick before dipping out, but um, next week we're really going to get into the blight, we're going to get into the whole, dare I say, conspiracy, so we're going to get into a whole lot of cool things there next week, but let me touch it a little bit and continue reading here, and then I'll kind of go over some headlines for you. Alright, so headlines for next week, we got lead poisoning endangers generations of children with no end in sight. We also got Detroit Jebelations never stopped his promise. So we got children were at risk. So Detroit promised to halt demolitions, but that didn't happen. So these old buildings that have old lead paint, there's lead in the um, kind of infrastructure in the building. So all these buildings were being demolished, but kind of all the debris, the dust and debris was causing high levels of blood within you know the population, most particularly children. So as I have right here, I have a... Uh, Detroit Health Department report. So yeah, so it's approximate demolition activity and elevated blood levels on Detroit, Michigan. So there's a there's actually a study that's been done on this. We'll get into that next week, and then also demo blitz linked to rising lead levels in children. So yeah, it's the main thing. So yeah, they promised them the the halt demolitions, and that was like that's why it's been the the big thing, the kind of the big uh. The, the big issue here is where, you know, even the mayor himself, that they weren't able to demolish certain areas, particularly because of this reason here, and they're able to use kind of the, um, I mean, it just conveniently worked out. I mean, the mayor, oh, such a great guy. We love the mayor. And Commissioner Gordon, or Commissioner 
James Craig, you know, the White Knight of Gotham. I mean, the White Knight of Detroit. You know, oh, we love our our politicians and our our public servants. You know, they wouldn't do anything to harm us. You know, we love them. But conveniently, you know, this case, you know, came quite a benefit to the plans that you know the city wanted to enact, especially decade-long plans. So we're gonna get into that next week. I think it's been a great show and. Oh, hey, how's it going? It's you. Hey, so how'd I do? Did I do a pretty good job filling in? You know, I think I had some good stuff. I think uh, I think everything went pretty well. The other one didn't get it. You didn't get it either. What do you not understand about not talking about the boy? I thought we were on the same page. What do you mean? I was just reporting what was on the articles. You know, no one said uh, I couldn't report any... Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, but man, it's, it's all good news. Come on, just just let me do it. Come on, it's funny. I don't think you understand, you idiot. You're gonna fuck everything up. Oh, send in another one. I'm tired of this shit. Hey, what do you mean? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> send another one in. Do you gotta keep doing this every show? Hello everybody, I'm your host, your new host, Dil Moril, and this is Stocking for a Sociopath. You can follow us on Instagram at yo what's the deal. And look forward to us next episode. I am your host, Dil Moril. <laughs>